This is Real Life with Kevin West. Now let's get into some Joshua chapter 5, verse 1. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer. Because The enemy heard the testimony of what God did for them and they didn't have to tell it. There are things that the Lord has done in your life that has changed circumstances and situations. And he has done things for you, through you, around you, by you. And the the enemy of your soul has seen it and witnessed just how good God has been to you. And I don't know whether you know it or not, but if you hang on to those victories that God has done for you, whether they be small or huge, it takes the spirit, the life out of your enemy. Sometimes we overlook those things because we're facing bigger obstacles and sometimes we're going, oh my God, here's another one. Here's another test. Here's another trial. Here's another, boy, I got got a big one facing me now. Well, if I could just get through that. Sometimes when you're facing the big one, would you just celebrate the little ones that have already happened? Because whether you know it or not, your enemy is scared to death after what God has done for you in the past. He's scared to death that he's going to do it for you in the future. And at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. We're not preaching on circumcision today. All right. So you all can relax. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised him. Watch this. This is what I want you to get. Because you're not circumcised physically now as a, as, a, as a new covenant. You're circumcised with your heart. Your heart has been cut. And your heart is now not a fleshly or a, a, a stony heart. God took out your stony heart and gave you a fleshly heart or a soft heart. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised him. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness. Watch this. On the way. After they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised. But all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. Let me stop right there. There is a generation of people in the world today that are not fighting the battles that we fought 20 and 30 years ago. You hear me? They're not fighting those same battles. It's a different battle today. It's a different war today. And when we begin to try to go back and say, hey, guys, you don't know what it was like when we were back in that day. You don't know what it was like when we were back in Nobody wants to care how far you walked in the snow to go to school. Nobody wants to care that you didn't, nobody, you didn't have phones. You didn't have, nobody cares about that anymore. Just ask your kids. They don't care, right? It doesn't matter to them. But what does matter to them is they're facing a world today that requires a different type of leadership and a different kind of voice that's coming out from our pulpits and from our homes that's different than what it was 20 years ago. The argument that we had 20 years ago was all against 
You better get your life right. 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 I'm telling you, you better get your life right. If you don't get your right life, life right, you better get your life right. You're going to split hell wide open. You're going to split hell wide open. Well, listen to me. Hell came. Nobody had to go split it open. We've been living it about the last 20, 30 years. When you all agree? And I'm not saying things are bad. I'm just saying that the world is shaking at its very foundation. And the type of leadership and the type of people, the type of persons that are going to be in roles of influence today is going to be different than it was 20 and 30 years ago. It just is. For all the people who came out, for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness to all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them that that land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us. Look at this. A land, a place, a territory, a sphere of influence, our own domain, flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons, whom he raised up in their place, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised, look at this, on the way. So it was, when they had finished the circumcision, all the people, that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day, this day, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal till this day. I heard that this morning. You came here today to get free that the reproach of your past gets rolled off of you today. The past of your bad decisions, even sometimes the past of your good decisions that you had good intentions making and the effort you put in during that time. I'm talking about the guilt, the shame, the condemnation that gets rolled off of you. Today is the day. And I'll tell you why it has to be today. You can't, if you've been divorced and you've gone through bankruptcy and you've lost all kinds of things and things have happened and you go, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? Today's the day. It rolls off of you. And the reason it has to roll off of you is because you can't take that condemnation, that fear, that shame, that guilt, that worry, that fret into the next place that God has for you that he's opening up these doors. You can't take it because the next season when God brings somebody else in your life or the next season when God opens up another opportunity, you'll, you'll be so timid and worried and afraid because you've been burned before. You're going to be afraid that you're going to get burned again. So your wall isn't all the way up. Your wall becomes halfway up. I want the wall to come down completely. Why? Because there's no, prop, no, 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 there's no limit to your possibilities in this next season. This day, now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. They circumcised their heart. They circumcised, what I'm saying is they, this is a picture of today. They picked, looked inside of themselves and they went, okay, this has got to change. All right, I got I to let some stuff go. I, gotta, I, I, gotta, I, I can't carry this, what I've been carrying into this next place. I got to let it go. That's circumcision of the heart. The next place is they kept the Passover. What's that, what's that mean? That they just honored the Passover? And the, the, you got to know, and we got to seal this deal forever today, that the blood of Jesus has washed away all of your sins. Past, present, and future. 
And listen, I know that puts a lump in some people's throat. Because 2,000 years ago, when he did it, all your sins were in the future. But we have a hard time believing that our future sins are going to be in the, under the blood because we're afraid it's going to give people permission to do anything they want to do. And I got news for you. You get a hold of what I'm teaching you, it won't give you permission to do anything you want to do. It's going to give you permission to live free and not worry about those things, and they will not have an appeal to you. The grace of God is empowering, empowering to live right. And if you happen to mess up, thank God for the blood of Jesus to get you going. Right? So we can, we got we to gotta settle this. The Passover is the, the, the blood of Jesus on the doorpost, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your heart. And as you go this, look this direction, you're, you're, you're tucked inside of this thing, hidden away in the house of the Lord. Right? And saved, sanctified, and delivered. Now, if the Lord has to come and apply the blood one more time, then you, your sin and your disobedience is more powerful than his blood. And we probably should worship your disobedience and your blood instead of his. Or your sin rather than his because it has more power. I got news for you. You can't out-sin his blood. Now, I know that's hard to believe. And coming from a pastor, I'm just telling you. That doesn't give you permission to sin. And, and besides, you're not going to ask for permission anyway. You're going to do it anyway. Nobody calls me on the phone and says, hey, I'm thinking about. They come to me after it's a mess and they go, hey, can you help me get out of this thing? Right? And then I say the same thing. Yeah, we can get out of it because why? With every problem, there is a way of escape. If you want out, you can get out. If you want to stay in, you can stay in. And I've learned a long time ago when somebody's in a mess, in a, in a deep ditch, I say this all the time, I tell some of our, our leaders, you can't dive in that ditch to go get them and bring them out. You know why? Unless they want to come out. If they don't want to come out and they just want you to, to be with them in the ditch, you both just lay in the ditch. They got to come out. And if I sense for one minute somebody's ready to come out of that mess, I'm the first to have to bring them out. Right? But if you want to stay in there, and staying in there means not willing to change your behavior or your actions to come out. Because you, you aren't going to get out of a mess the same way you got in it. You all right? So what am I saying? The blood of Jesus is enough to get you out of every mess that you're in. You got to want it and you got to step forth the effort to come forward. And then you're surrounded by tons of people that are going to help you get out of it. And they ate the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Woo, here's what, here's what changed. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land. The appetite was the same. The hunger was the same. But God stopped the entitlement. And said, there it is, go get it. For the last two or three decades, we have, we have been under the influence of a government 
that controls. We've been under the influence of a church of religious systems that controls. And it has produced entitled people that turns into angry people. Look at the pro- look at the look at all the, the protests around the country. They start out peaceful, and the next thing you know, they're breaking down windows. It happened in the last five years. I see that, and I go, "Oh my God!" Most people see it as people are out of control. I see it as it's a cry yes. Yes. for a vision that's bigger than the oppression that got them there. You don't control people into freedom; you lead them into freedom. Am I talking to anybody this morning? The man has ceased. Here's what's happening. Here's what's going to happen in your life. This is what's happening in ours. There are moments in time in the Bible, and we're in a time that if the Bible is still being canonized and written, we're living in one right now. Don't think we're not. With Israel's war, with Iran involved, China involved, Russia involved, North Korea, India in the, in the balance, you've got all these things that are happening, and then even in the United States right now, we're, we're, we're battling trying to see which is politically correct. You see it moving, right? But when you see Israel, because God has a covenant with Israel, when Israel's in this war, it is a time clock for us. And it's no coincidence that our time changed back today because it's a sign in the times of Israel's war that we are living in a time when, when, when our natural tendency is to revert back when we really need to go forward. Imagine you're living in the day of Moses and you were born in the wilderness like the ones that needed to be circumcised. And you're living in that day. You're living in that time. And you go to your your city and man, you know, you're 30 years years old and you were born in the wilderness. And you're a grown man and probably have your own kids. And you come up and you realize, man, I've been having, we've had manna for 30 years. Man, God has always provided. God has, I just get out every morning and it's just on the ground. And then on, 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 on weekends, I get two days worth. God just provides. God just provides. God just provides. And all of a sudden, when the season changed, they crossed over the Jordan River. They walked into a place of opportunity. And God looks at them and says, you cannot eat from the substances you've eaten for the last 40 years any longer. We're there. What if I told you that the hand-to-mouth days are over? What if I told you that there is no limits to what God wants to do in your life and your provision for your life? Not just financially. I'm talking about successfully in your career, in your, in your business, in your, in, your, in, your, in your joy, in your peace, in your health. What if I told you that we're in a moment in time where the manna dropped up there, dried up there, it could be you're in a moment in time when you've got to go after it now. I want you to realize something. For 40 years, they wandered around this wilderness. But for 40 years, here's what happened. God let over here in this land of Gilgal and the land of promise over here, while they're over there walking around this mountain for 40 years, having babies that are getting ready to go to the next generation as they get older, while God was telling them they were walking around that mountain, God allowed Amorites, 
Hittites. He allowed businesses to be built over here, education to be built over here, families to be built over here, geography to be developed, agriculture to be developed, education to be developed, technology over in their day to be developed. You hear what I'm saying? Over here, well, he was allowing the giants in this land to develop it, not for the giants, but for this generation that had not yet crossed over. What if I told you that what you're looking for and the things you're going to reap in your life, if you'll go after it, are things that somebody else might have been building that God takes it and turns it over to you? You don't want everything from scratch. We, when we come in this building here, we pulled in this property. I didn't even know it existed. We pulled in here, and I looked, and it was an empty shell. It didn't even have utility to run to it. I didn't say, you know what, we're going to tear this thing down and start over. We had 20,000 square feet. I said, no, we're not starting over. We're going to build this thing from the, from the ground inside out. But somebody else, for years, sweated over building this building. Somebody else took the, we bought it at foreclosure. Somebody else took the hit. Are you hear what I'm telling you? What, what I'm saying, you've got to engage because everything that God has for you is going to be developed in some fashion or form as you step to the next place. God has somebody already ready to meet you right where you are. You don't know what he's done over there before you even knew over there was there. You don't even know what God has put together. You don't know the, the, the person or the persons or the people that God is developing on this side of the fence. When you're ready to cross over that fence, you realize, man, you've got this background, I've got this background, and together this is what we're going to do. You don't even know how God puts that whole thing together. Are, are you all following this this morning? This is incredible because when you get into this place of Gilgal, you understand I've got to, it's the place where everything in my past rolls off and all my shackles and chains come off of me and now I'm looking ahead going, I have no limits on the possibilities that are in front of me. And I got to see this thing going, I know I, I might be older, but I'm just getting started. I know I may be ready to retire, somebody's saying, but I'm just getting ready. Maybe you've already retired, I'm just getting started. And what he can do in your last 15 years can be greater than he did in your first 50 why? Because I'm going to let the reproach of Egypt, the reproach of my past, the reproach of all my mindsets of limitations and control and entitlement, and I'm a victim, I'm a victim, I'm a victim, and I can't do it because of, because of. You're not a victim any longer in Gilgal. Not living in Gilgal any longer. We're out from underneath that thing. I, I'm telling you, I've lived it. I've seen it. Every little bit of limitation I put on myself, God brings it right to my face, and I go, oh, God, I hate this when he does this. He smacks you right in the face with it and says, I'm bringing these opportunities to you. And I had a, a wise man, a, I should say wise guy, wise man come to me and he said, you got to know when to say no to the Lord. I said, can you tell me how that works? I've never been able to say no to God. It's never been an option for me. Because I, re I read Jonah. It never was an option for him. Hey, God, I appreciate those people in Nineveh. They're heathen. Get somebody else. And Jonah starts walking the other direction. And next thing you know, he's in the belly of a whale. 
right? And while he's in the belly of the whale, he's realizing, I probably shouldn't have said no. I don't know that that was a good choice for me. Then finally he comes to himself realizing no was not an option. And when he says no is not an option, he comes to himself, he repents, the well spits him out. Listen to this. The Bible says that when he started on his journey to Nineveh, it was a three-day journey. But when he gets spit out on the beach, the next passage of Scripture says, and Jonah walked one day into Nineveh. Do you know the whole time he was running from God? God prepared a submarine, a vehicle, to get him closer to his journey than he even thought. So you don't have this, the luxury to say no to God. Right? You just don't. So it's, it, all God's promises are yes and amen. They're not a no and they're not a maybe. You got to hook up and get in. Now watch this. When the manna ceased the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, then the, they ate of the food of the land of Cana that year. Next verse. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, look at this. He lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there was a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or are you for our adversary? There's a time on this journey when you're ready to embark. You look and you see an obstacle in front of you. And sometimes it looks like an obstacle that's against you. And sometimes it looks like an obstacle that's for you. Sometimes you can't tell the difference. Sometimes you don't know, is it for, but here's what, the, what Joshua did. And Joshua means Yeshua, which is, means salvation, which is where our picture of Jesus comes from. And he went to the eye and said, are you for us or our adversaries? What's this? And he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said, Joshua, take off your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy. Joshua did so. What's this? Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men. Let me show you. I can stop you here. The word is see. Joshua just had an encounter with God. He just had an encounter with God. Oh my God, are, are, are you for me? Are you against me? You're looking at the adversary and you got to discern, is this for me or is it against me? And once the Lord speaks, and he always will speak, and he'll give you discernment and clarity, I'm for you. I'm, I'm with you. I am from the host of heaven. Joshua, you're not fighting this battle on your own. See, that's where we are right now. We have been very, worked very hard over the last couple of decades to try to push forth the gospel of the kingdom. Push forth the gospel. Push forth the gospel. And we've been doing it in our own mouth, so, or might. So we'll figure out another program. We'll go to conferences all over the country to come back with their best programs. And then we'll implement some of the programs. We copy and paste. We copy it here, paste it there. Copy it here, paste it here. Put it all together, and now we've got a collage. And we go, whoa, this is a brand new thing. No, it's not a brand new thing. It's a copy and paste. A brand new thing is birthed out of you, not cloned. So what is, what, is, what is God telling you? What's unique about you? What's different about you that is not like anybody else? Charlie talked about the DNA and the fingerprint. What is it about you that's so unique that you can't accomplish it unless you have the host of heaven helping you accomplish it? Because you're going to need him. 
And you, got, you know what the good news is? They're with you. They're for you. Then he looks at Joshua and says, Joshua, see. You got to see it before you get it. You see it in your mind's eye. You see it, we call it in the Pentecostal, what we call it in your spirit. Our Baptist friends say, what's that mean? And our Pentecostal people say, I don't know. <laughs> this is what I've learned to say over these years. So we call it in the spirit. We don't know what that means. We say we know what it means, but we don't. You got to see it in your spirit. What does that mean? No. What do you think? I got this picture in my head. <laughs> Something just comes to me and I got this little thing that comes up and I think about it a lot. It's in your spirit. It's not, it's not spooky. It's not weird. It just comes up in my spirit. You know, you've just learned the language of the Pentecostal over the last two decades. Oh, God, I've made every Pentecostal mad in here today, haven't I? Good. Because we're going to have to learn to communicate and relate to the common man. Because the common man's seeing stuff too. But the common man don't know what they're seeing. So our Methodist people come in, our Baptist people, and our heathen people, they're all the same. We all come in from the same direction. And we all come together. And then us having this all, we got the language to speak. We know how to speak it. Oh, you're anointed. We don't know what anointed means. We don't know what in the spirit means. Listen, here's the bottom line. You see something in your gut. You see something in your mind. You're feeling this impression that you can't shake. Guess what? Lean into it in prayer. I don't know what if it's spirit. I don't know. I just know lean into it. And then you'll begin to see it. When you see it in your mind's eye, when you see it in your head, when you see it in your dream, when you see it in your vision, when you see it over and over and again, then what you do is you begin to lean into it. And as you lean into it, the obstacles that come up in your way, you have to know God is for you. He'll remove all those obstacles if, if they're in your way. And it might look like it's an obstacle, but it really could be God. And God's going to lead you and direct you and guide you every step of the way when you see it. And if what you saw isn't what you see, you got to keep going. Let me say it again. If what you saw in your mind's eye isn't what you're currently seeing, you got to keep going. Because between what you saw and what you see are opportunities to get off path. To abort what you saw. You'll see it. You know it. You feel it. You taste it. And then all of a sudden, time starts happening between what you saw and what you see. And then you begin to go, maybe that wasn't the Lord. Maybe there's an alternative. <laughs> I'm talking to myself today. Maybe there's a plan. Maybe, maybe the Lord's going to do something Maybe something else. And you abandon what you see. Somebody over here, the Lord just said that you have, you've lost your kids. You do not have custody of kids. Who are you? Are you here? Here too? You don't have custody of kids. And they're telling you, all of you, there are many of you. This is for some of you. I don't know if it's for all of you, but it's for somebody. Man, I just heard this. They've told you there's no way possible. They said their kids are better off without you. They don't know you. They don't know what you see. You've got to see it. You hear what I'm telling you? You've got to see your kids with you. You've got to, you've got to see it in your mind's eye. 
If the voices around you are louder and create the picture of what you see inside your heart, then you're following the wrong voice. You gotta see it. And when you see it, you lock into it. And as you lock into it, nobody can take it away from you. And if, if adverse things come around you, people start saying things around you, even if the court says a different thing, you gotta say, I understand what you're saying. I'm not denying what you're saying. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not in denial. I'm not living in some fantasy, but I tell you what, I did see. And what I saw, I don't see now, but I keep on going. And what you don't do is you don't go back to try to rectify your past to fix it so you can go forward. No. You go forward and then your past comes around and comes into your current, your future. The trick of the enemy is to get you off of what you see. They didn't go back. Listen, he didn't have to go back to Egypt to have Egypt reproach to fall off of him. Egypt's reproach fell off of him on the way. Hear me now, on the way. On the way to what? What you see. Where you're going. What God is showing you to do. What you're leaning into. The enemy will come. People will come and tell you, you got to pick up the pieces and fix this back here. You made a lot of mistakes back here. I know I did, but I can't go back and fix it because it stopped me from going on my way. And if you're on the way and God wants you to fix it, guess what he does? He brings it around here. And when he brings it around here, you deal with it. Don't run from it. Don't deny it. Don't know you deal with it. And then when you deal with it, you're going to be ready to deal with it. You weren't ready to deal with it back then. But you're ready to deal with it now. Is it 120? Okay. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This is your six days. And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of rams, ram horns, because before the ark. But the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow there's somebody in here that has a business and you have an opportunity you've already seen it and the opportunity is either to purchase grow, build, develop I don't know what it is but you have an opportunity to do it and you keep waiting it's in your heart you've already got agreement on it with the people around you but it's in your heart you're going I don't really know if the timing is right right now and you've thrown some fleeces out you said to God I'll just see if that's him I don't know who you are, but if that's you, somebody raise your hand. Who is it? Right back there? Back here? Over there? I I don't know how to be more clear than this. Now's the time. You don't need another sign. You don't need another witness. I'm telling you by the voice of God, Now's the time. Your natural mind then says, I don't have all the details. Now's the time. You don't have to have all the details figured out. I don't know how God's going to pay for it. I don't know how God's going to have it. I don't know all that. I do know this. Now's the time. What do I do? You lean into it. And God will bring people to you that are doors for it to open. And then you're going to bring your steps to people to the doors that you have to open to. Here's the bottom line. Whatever he tells you to do in this season, do it. 
But I heard the Lord say, you've got to get aggressive when you're in Gilgal. Yes. You've got to act like it and know it, that it's yours. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear, here's, here it is. When you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat. Now listen, I'm not against Jericho walks and walking around cities, and walking around churches. When I was a kid, they walked around this, the church. They just walked. Y'all remember, anybody do that when they were a kid? They walked around, they walked around, and us kids in the seat going, my God, Burger Chef's gonna close any time. <laughs> Jesus, then we end up at Shoney's. You know the story. We're going, God, here they go again. Somebody go walk around. Somebody keep track, make sure they don't go eat. And then there'll be a, this is a true story, guys. My mom, is my mom here? Is she here? Oh, shoot. She's here. I'll go over here and talk to you guys. We'd walk, they'd walk, and she was part of it. My God, they all did it. Walk around, walk around. And then I'd go, and we'd walk out of there, and we'd be late for the restaurant, because it'd be late, late. They'd do it for two hours, music playing, people screaming and praying. I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. I just don't know of any testimonies that it changed the city. That it changed their life. We take a scripture, turn it into something literal, and we then create a religion out of it, and a form and a fashion, and a pattern, and a template. And listen, I'm not against it, because today some of us just sit there on the we gotta get you out of your seat. Dear God, sometimes I thought about having penny marches just so you get up and walk around. <laughs> sit there on your phone. <laughs> I got five more minutes too. <laughs> listen, we gotta move, right? Amen. But this is what this is meaning. This is what they're saying. Jericho is the first city. Gilgal is the east side of Jericho. Jericho is the first province city in or province city in the ten provinces that are there. Okay? So this city, if they're taking around, they have to take it. They gotta, they gotta pull it. They gotta, it belongs to the Lord. All the treasury and everything belongs to the Lord. Are, are you following me? So the, the walls have to come down because all these walls were up. Now here's the beautiful part about this story. The reason, one of the reasons, God had them walk around that thing seven times and go around that thing. Because if you remember, this generation was born in the wilderness. They weren't born in, in Egypt. They had just become circumcised. Watch this. As they were over here in Egypt, or in the wilderness, their, fell, their parents walked around that thing 40 years, wandering around the same mountain. And nothing changed. God was going to show them, this time, that we're going to show you how, the, how this works. And as you walk around this time, you're going to follow the priest. You're going to follow the ark of the presence. You're going to follow the presence of God. Over here, you just followed your rules. Over here, you just followed your religion. Over here, you just followed all the stuff. Over here, you just followed patterns and templates. You just followed over here. You sang because you sung. You walked because you walked. You talked because you talked. You did this because you prayed because you prayed. You read because you read. And it didn't produce anything but walking around the, the 40 years. I told one guy one time, I said, listen. He said to me, he said, man, I, I am church of God. I said, which one? He said, what do you mean? I said, Anderson, Indiana, Cleveland, Tennessee. I said, there is a difference. He said, well, I, I'm, 
Anderson, Indiana. I said, oh, you got the little dose. <laughs> he said, what do you mean by that? I said, Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee, man, they're baptized the Holy Spirit. He said, you mean I didn't get it all? I said, you got it all, you just won't show it all. He said, well, what do you mean by that? We start talking about this thing. He said, I learned every bit of, I can, he said, I could come in here, he said, and I could do exactly what the Church of God, Anderson, and Anderson's programs are. I know them inside and out. I said, guess what? He said, yeah, are you interested? I said, heck no. We are not Church of God, Anderson, Indiana. And we're not Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh oh, I'm running out of time. Fix this one. We're Baptist. We're Methodist. We're Catholic. We're Presbyterian. We're Church of God, Tennessee. We're Church of God, Anderson, Indiana. We're, we're, we're even sinners. We got sinners that come. We got lost people that come. We got people that don't know right from wrong that come here. And I said, I can't have a pattern that walks for 40 years. I said, if you can cause the walls to come down on all that denominationalism, I'll have you come here and put them in place. But we are not institutions. Oh, come here and listen to me. I, I am past all this mess. I'm past this mess. Because too many people gave your whole life to that religion. And it still cost you two and three divorces. It broke your family up and you have breakups with your family. It I'm telling somebody the truth today. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of all that stuff. Here's where we are today. There is none of that stuff that's going to work and be duplicated. It worked in its season. It, it was good in its season, but it's a different season today. It's a whole new day. Now we're remnants of all of those things. We have remnants of the Baptists. We have remnants of the Methodists. We have remnants of... We're, why? Because it was good foundation for us. Thank God for those Jericho marches. We ain't doing them today. Why? Because we're going to walk down the visible walls that are keeping people in their own perimeter, in their own prisons, and we're going to break those things down to keep for you to walk where you're supposed to walk. Be what you're supposed to be. Called where you're supposed to be called. Are you following me? This is a new time. This isn't like we've lived any other time before. This is the greatest time for you to be alive. Why? Because the clock turned back. The, Israel's in war. Change is happening. You need to be leaning in and repro have the reproach of Israel rolled roll off of you. It has, your past has to go. I don't care how your good past and your bad past. It all has a place to make you what you are today. But it is not the pinnacle of where God wants you to be. If you've got trophies from your yesterday, put them on the shelf. If you've got heartaches from yesterday, put them on another shelf. Why? Because we're embracing a brand new way of living. The trumpet is sounding. The kingdom of God is moving forward. And ever increasing that has no way of decreasing. And you're going to see across this land, you'll see it. I'm telling you, you're going to see it. You're going to see breakouts of fighting. You're going to see Palestinians become more in an uproar. Israel feel more like a victim. You're going to see it over and over and over again. And it's a sign. What? Of the rumbling that's coming up from the ground roots. And there's no coincidence. You get a guy in the speaker's house that's a Christian guy that says, what is your beliefs? And he says, 
I can tell you my belief. Just show me the Bible. I'm not saying he's the Messiah. I'm just saying it's another sign. What God is doing in the land today. Are you ready for it? Between now and Easter, you're going to see some things happen in this land, in our country. You're going to see some things that look kind of scary at times. But they, you're going to ask yourself the question that Joshua did as he was walking over across the dead and ready to, ready to take on the whole one-tenth of the province, Jericho. Ten different cities he had to conquer in the land of Florida that already had giants in the land that had already built houses that he didn't build, built businesses that he didn't build. Developed agriculture that he didn't develop. And Joshua was looking and all of a sudden there is a structure. He sees an obstacle and he says, are you with us? Are you against us? You're going to see some stuff happen between now and Easter. And the question you have to ask yourself, oh God, is that the devil or is that the Lord? And I'll tell you what you're going to hear. If you listen long enough, you're going to hear this. God is saying, I've shaken the very foundation of the core of this country, of this city, and I'm shaking the very foundation of what you're standing on yourself. And he's asking you the question, are you ready to embrace the greatest opportunity the Lord and the world has ever afforded you? Would you all stand with me? enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world.